You are listening to Fantasy Movie League's Pause and Play Podcast. Hello, FMLers, and welcome back to Pause and Play. My name is Alec Bloom, and I am the host of this movie-centric podcast, where today we'll recap the stunningly entertaining Academy Awards, chat about the upcoming blockbuster Logan, say goodbye to Fantasy Movie League's awards season, and take a look ahead to spring season, which begins this week. One quick podcast note. We tried booking Warren Beatty, Faye Dunaway, and the producers who bungled Sunday's Oscar ceremony, but apparently they never received our invite. Matt Damon did agree to be on, however, nah, we'll pass. So let's meet today's replacement guest. First up is someone very excited to get back into the podcast game after his stint on the short-lived Cineprom podcast. Please welcome Liam. What's going on, Hello. Man? Hello. My screen name is actually Amanda because I am paranoid about friends in real life finding about what I do online. That's a good, that's a good alias there. I have a lot of aliases. You'll find me on other <laughs> sites under the names Todd and Kate. You're not Todd M. Thatcher, are you? The no. Todd M. Thatcher. Just wanted to, just wanted to clear that up. Uh, let's see. Next guest. He hosted, produced, directed, and wrote the second annual FML Awards, which you can catch now on the FML Chatter. Many of you know him from his weekly pros and cons column, while a dozen or so of you know him from the Unwritten Fools podcast. <laughs> No Plexone. What's going on, man? Hey, buddy. You feeling better? I know you've been sick this week. I'm feeling quite a bit better. I, I may not sound it, but maybe I do. You, you, you heard me this weekend, and I was sounding pretty, pretty think, dreadful. But yeah, it's a little less gravelly. I think <laughs> a little less. That's, that's good. Well, that's good for you guys, and that's good for the viewers, I suppose. Finally, we are honored to have the newly crowned Fantasy Movie League champion grace us with his presence today. Please welcome the winner of the Fantasy Movie League Awards season, Aeroco. What's going on? Hey, Alec. Thanks for having me. No problem. Congratulations, uh, man. That's a big win. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very yeah. big. I can't believe I held on for as long as I did. <laughs> I fully yeah, that was expect, a wire. Fully expected yeah, to make a wire. big mistake. You did it, though. No. You were in first place for quite a while, though, right? I don't remember how long. But... I, I, I took over Bye Bye Man Week, I believe. So it was pretty much the whole second half of the season. Yeah, that's pretty impressive because I think history shows that most people uh, falter towards the end. And uh, no, you you held on, man. Very very yeah. very cool. Um, well, in the in the spirit of the Oscars, you've uh, prepared an acceptance speech that I, 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 I kind of made you write. So, so, <laughs> so you have that prepared. Uh, let, let's hear it if you're ready. Well, thank you, Alec. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to give an expect, acceptance speech. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, I have to thank my girlfriend for a, um, putting up with my, my obsession of Fantasy Movie League. Um, of course, I want to thank FML for putting on this fantastic free game that we all enjoy. Uh, I have to thank MovieTickets.com for a spectacular grand prize of one year of free movie tickets. Not too shabby. Glad I peaked at the right time because the, the prizes have gotten better and better every year. I'm pretty sure the first winner got a, a t-shirt. <laughs> Of course, I want to thank the FML nerd Pete Johnson. Uh, he developed some amazing tools for all of us to use. Uh, I know the analyzer and the confiner saved me a ton of time doing research uh, every week. Um, thank the FML main chatter. Uh, it's such a great community to be a part of. Thank everybody who uh, 
who contributes there every week, informative or entertaining, however they, they choose to uh, contribute, but all of their time and effort is appreciated. I also want to give a, a special thanks to a few private group friends for the incomparable roundtable discussions every week. They're an extraordinary support system um, for each other all season long. I want to thank them all for um, supporting me throughout my journey to obtain that award season crown. Awesome. Nice. Well, I think it's well deserved. That's a speech right there. That was a good speech. Very Oscars worthy, I would say. I'm not not as um, poised as uh, Emma Stone, but I tried my best. <laughs> well, you didn't, uh, more poised than Jennifer Lawrence, you didn't trip on your way up to the podium, so. Not, not that you guys know <laughs> Not that we know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's not hard to be better than Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ugh, Harsh man. dig right right out of the right out of the gate there. Now, are we saying? Am I saying your name correctly, Aroko, or is it Aroko? Uh, how I say it is, uh, my first name is Aaron, so I say Eric Eriko, just like I'm about to say Aaron, but I put the co instead of the n. Gotcha, Eriko. See, I w- sounds like a gas station <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah, very much like the Conoco. Well, let's move on here, guys. Uh, and as a reminder, we will have two rounds of questions and topics wherein points will be awarded, but they do not necessarily mean anything. I'm excited to kick off uh, spring season of Fantasy Movie League with a little pause and play. So let's get started. Today, we're going to start off with a little something we call FML My Life. But don't make it weird, Plex. <laughs> Think of FMO My Life in the same vein as Matthew Berry's hashtag fantasy life. But instead of tales of fantasy football, woe, or joy, I want you to tell me how Fantasy Movie League has affected your life. Whether it be a funny anecdote or a sobering reminder just how much more time you spend playing FML than spending quality time with your family. We want to know about it. A perfect example of this is from a buddy of ours and a, a fellow pause and play participant who goes by Ert. Just in a uh, uh, long story short, Ert tries to convince his elderly parents to forego the senior citizen discount they rightly deserve and pay full price for movies he is currently playing in his fantasy movie league. Um, hashtag FML My Life. Liam, let's let's start off with you with a little FML My Life. Okay, well, uh, I've actually like made a version of FML for my like actual friends. Oh, um, nice. it's not too different. Uh, the basic rules, you know, it's 12 screens instead of 8, and you get double the money. And I set all the prices in the slate. Um, now, my friends, they don't know anything about the box office. And I, I have... I, it's been kind of a form of psychological torture, um, because I ask them, you know, okay, what do you think this is going to make? And they say Rock Dog is going to make $20 million. <laughs> or Collide's going to make 20, 20 million. So that's it's not a whole lot of fun. Also, I have to make all the lineups, which is not great. <laughs> so it, it's, it's not good to play FML God in your league, is what you're saying? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Especially because I don't have an analyzer on my side. Ah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe you can... Uh, uh... Shoot a little email to Pete Johnson. Maybe he'll put something together for you. I'm sure he'll probably charge you a small fee, but, you know, you know never hurts to ask, I suppose. He could always have his intern do it. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that Patrick Rudin? Is that, uh, is that FL Mernerd's uh, intern? I haven't figured it out yet. I'll have to, I'll have to shoot him an email. Uh, Plex, what about you? Mine's kind of a shared experience uh, with one of my buddies, uh, my buddy Uzma Kappa, who, by the way, finished in the top 20 this season, so shout out to nice. him. He had a baby a few months back, 
and uh, the week the baby was due, uh, I got a call from him on Friday morning, and he's like, hey, man, you know, I've, I got a favor to ask you. And I was like, uh, you know, sure, I'll be your kid's godfather. That'd be great. <laughs> and and he's like, no, nah, man, uh, I need you to check Thursday numbers for me. My, my wife's going into labor, and I don't think I'm going to have time to adjust my lineup. So he gave me his password and told me to uh, adjust according to Thursday numbers. And I said, yeah, I can do that. You know, totally despondent and totally not a godfather. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate. But a good friend you are. Yeah. Erico, what about you? Well, the last few weeks I've um, developed a, sort of a phobia, and that phobia is of uh, screen lock time. <laughs> I don't want to be the player on the main chatter asking FMLQA <laughs> to fix my screens. Um, I've, this is my sixth season, finishing my sixth season. I've never had this before. I'm pretty sure it's just because I was sitting up in first. Um, so hopefully spring season, I I don't have that phobia anymore. Uh, the worst week was um, the week a dog's purpose was uh, the apparent play. I actually boarded a plane at 1130. And I was doing all the plane stuff, getting them boarding, getting my bags put away, all that good stuff. Uh, I forgot to check my screens before we took off. <laughs> uh, and it was about a two, two and a half hour flight. So the entire flight, I was uh, wondering <laughs> what the main chatter was saying about my screens right now. <laughs> I can't believe he played five, five a dog's purpose instead of six, or he forgot to play the founder. He's got two blanks. So that's my hashtag FML my life. <laughs> nice. Although I'm a little disappointed that the story didn't turn into uh, you getting yourself kicked off the plane. That way you can make sure that your lineup was set properly. But No, actually, I should be able to get Wi-Fi, but it was an older plane, mm. so they didn't have Wi-Fi. But I'm sure they advertised so that they did, right? Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I like how his story is of a time he messed up his lineup a little bit, and he still won the entire yeah. season. That's <laughs> fun. Yeah, that was a tragic I... outcome for you. I kind of thought it was going in the direction of, like, the original Final Destination, where you just start panicking, and you get kicked (laughs) off the plane for scaring the other passengers. No, I just asked for a drink, and then I took a long nap. (laughs) That's that's the only way to deal with it. And cruise your way to victory, man. (laughs) Alright, guys, any final thoughts or impressions of uh, the FML Awards season? Also, what do we have to look forward to come spring season? Any particular weeks look like game changers or any with moving week potential? I know everyone loves when they say moving week. Uh, Plex, let's start with you. Man, I am not the one to ask about this. I don't look ahead. I just, I do the old Farva routine and wait until Thursday and pick and choose my lineup based on other people. Uh, Let's see. Split was a much bigger hit than I expected. That was a surprise for me. Uh, it and Hidden Figures both held very, very well all season, which was kind of surprising. Uh, and again, I'm not super knowledgeable, but like everyone, I expect Beauty to be an absolute beast in the spring. That's the only thing I know that's coming out, and I think it's going to be huge. Huge. Erico? The final number for Get Out kind of surprised me. Hmm. Would that hit 30, 33 plus million? Yeah. Was, was not expecting that. I actually went and saw Split on the opening Friday night and saw the trailer for Get Out, and I thought that would be an absolute bomb but <laughs> i was wrong but um looking ahead to spring season um like uh plex said beauty and the beast week three the fate of the furious week seven i saw guardians of the galaxy volume two is coming i think it's the last week of the season but going along with beauty and the beast it has saint patrick's day that friday so another 
another factor to uh, put in that week. And then uh, Fast the Furious 8, um, Good Friday, Easter weekend. And then, of course, later in the spring season, you got to start taking into account uh, the transition between spring trends and summer trends because mm. schools start letting out toward the uh, the end of spring season. See, this is why Aaron won the league and I did <laughs> right there. Liam, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I don't want to ever do another award season as long <laughs> as I live. Um, I'm not good at predicting limited releases in the slightest. There was one week in the middle of the season where I thought, oh, La La Land's per theater average, that couldn't drop that much, right? I think it was the second weekend it was out. Um, it did. It tanked <laughs> my season. Oh. Um, and yeah, week three making me really nervous, but not because of Beauty and the Beast. I think that's pretty easy to pin down. Train spotting two in week three, that's going to be a killer if if pricing isn't right on it, because I'm seeing a lot of hype behind that. Yeah, T2. I think the only concern with that one is like how like how big of a release that might be in its first weekend. Because I'm trying to remember back to the original Train Spotting, if that was a limited release yeah, in the U.S. right off the if bat. If I remember so, correctly, the first Train Spotting only was released in about 350 theaters or so. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious about this one with the I haven't seen a, a theater count uh, prediction for this one yet. It may do similar, or it may open wider since it's you know actually a, a known you know, a known franchise now, but with that beauty, Plus, with that beauty and the beast, I'm assuming, cause that's week three. I'm assuming that's going to be our first split pricing of the season. Oh yeah, def- so it's, definitely. It's, I believe the, the long range forecast on that's about like 144 million right yep. now. And I would yep. assume that may, that, that's probably going to go north. coming out that weekend. Yeah. There's not much. And people, I mean, it's one of the most watched trailers of all time, I believe as well. The only big movies will be uh, Logan week three and Kong week two. So and it's not, gonna um, it's not really a big movie, but Belko Experiment also comes out that week, which I'm much more interested in than Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and it'll all come down to all come down to pricing, I think, that week too, as to how Beauty and the Beast is split up and how everything else is, uh, how well everything else is priced. So it could be a moving week in week three. Logan hits theaters this weekend with a long-range forecast of 81 million opening weekend, according to ProBoxOffice.com. Reviews seem to be through the roof for Hugh Jackman's final Wolverine flick, and I can see this one overachieving. Is 100 million opening weekend a possibility, or is that asking too much? Erico, let's start with you. I, I think it's possible, but I don't think it's likely. Does anybody know how many R-rated movies have surpassed the 100 million on opening weekend? Throwing it out to anybody? Uh, one. I Zero. Believe. Besides Deadpool, there, there, there is only one. It's just Deadpool. Yeah. Um, it had the benefit of the four-day weekend and the Valentine's Day on that Sunday. So and marketing. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I, I think it would have surpassed the hundred million either way. I think it would have been in the 110, 115 range, but not 132, which it had for the three-day. Um, currently, I have Logan opening under its long-range forecast of 81 million. I'm in the 70 to 80 million range. Mm-hmm. Not as low as our, our friend Todd Thatcher, who's uh, predicting 65. Um, the long range has been uh, pretty steady at 81 until it dropped to 79 two weeks ago and back up to 81 this week. Um, that doesn't signal 100 million to me. There's still a chance the buzz could uh, the the buzz could increase this week and uh, we could see a huge jump in the pro box office weekend forecast, but uh, I don't think it's likely. Yeah, Liam, what about you? Uh, I think it's happening. Um... 
the X-Men franchise has a lot more goodwill than it did for either of the other Wolverine solo movies. There are really good reviews coming into this. People are still fresh off of Deadpool, which people liked for some reason. Um, <laughs> Logan, the marketing for Logan has been on for a long time by this point, and it looks way better than Deadpool ever did. Um, I don't like Deadpool. Yeah, I, I think we picked um, up on that, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. Um, to, eat, to each their own. Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah. Uh, I've got Logan at 100 million, but still not winning Best best Performer. <laughs> Plex, what about you? 100 million? That's even more than Kate and Leopold, Alec. Uh, I'm not the one to ask about this again. My first instinct's no. Uh, I think it'll do extremely well, but 100 million seems like a lot. And, and like Aaron said, I think the R rating probably tempers it a little bit too to keep it under there. I'm thinking about 80 ish, which is right. What everyone else thinks. <laughs> Copy paste. Very good, David. I wouldn't expect anything less out of you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Plus, plus we get that Thursday number. So we'll, we'll know. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. Cause yeah, the reviews look great and it, it has had pretty decent marketing for it. I, I just kind of fear that the, the Deadpool thing, it's uh, the marketing for that was everywhere. And it was some like the most clever marketing I've ever yeah. seen for plus, a movie, and I think that, that kind of helped. Plus, it was a great date movie for that particular Yeah, the, the timing of it worked out pretty well, too, with it being Valentine's as well, cause, and they sold it as, uh, <laughs> exactly. as that as well, exactly. too. But people are calling this Logan movie like one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. People are comparing it to Nolan's Dark Knight and all that, which I know how <clears throat> sensational critics can be, but, you know, that that's, that's what sells a movie is hype, and that's what gets people in the theaters right off the bat, so... I, I would expect uh, good legs, but I don't expect $100 million opening weekend. Yeah. It'll do well. We'll see how well uh, here pretty soon. So, the Oscars happened on Sunday. What were your guys' takeaways? Liam, let's start off with you. Uh, well, like many other people, I still haven't seen Moonlight. Um, <laughs> or many of the other Best Picture nominees. I think I've seen about three of them. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm the best person to ask about, like, the quality of what one, but I will say that I am very personally deeply saddened by Hell or High Water not winning anything, because that legitimately was the second best film I saw all last year. The best one was Blair Witch. Deadpool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Blair, Blair Witch was number one on yours, huh? Yes. It, it's my favorite film of all time. Oh, really? Yes. And you've seen the original, I assume, too? Uh, I have it on DVD. I also have Book of Shadows. Have not watched either yet. Oh, really? Uh, where, uh, definitely watch Blair Witch Project. Do not watch Book of Shadows. That would be my recommendation. But Well, I mean, one of these days I'm just going to watch the whole series in one go. Plex, what about you? Well, obviously, the La La Moonlight debacle, debacle stuck out, uh, but that's already kind of ubiquitous. So I want to touch on Viola Davis's acceptance speech, actually. But real quick, uh, if you ever wanted to know how I, a Falcons fan, felt during the Super Bowl, it was an awful lot how the La La producer probably felt. Like, you had it, one, you had the thing in your hand and then somehow grasped defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, I feel like that guy knows my pain better than anyone right now. Anyway, the, the Viola Davis speech, the, the surprising thing about this speech for me uh, 
wasn't that it was pretentious because I knew it was going to be pretentious because most Oscar speeches are, but the fact that I was fully prepared for maximum pretension and was still taken aback by it, uh, amidst the mixed metaphors about grave robbing and Walt Whitman illusions, Viola ex- exclaimed that she's so proud to be an artist because, quote, artistry is the only profession that celebrates life. Is is it? I heard that too. Is it? I mean, what about, you know, doctors or firefighters or professional surfers? Like, those guys celebrate life with each passing wave, man. Uh, I just had this image in my head of a patient flatlining on the operating table, the doctor saying, I've, I've done all I can, time of death, and then Viola bursts through the door. She's like, hold on, I can save him, I'm an actor. <laughs> then she unsuccessfully tries to monologue him back to life from the precipice of death. Uh, of course, the irony in all this is the guy on the table died from boredom from watching Fences. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you pointed that out, because not, two things I noticed about that speech. One... It went on forever, and they didn't play her off. Like that speech, they, they play didn't... favorites about who they want to play off, and they don't. They right? No, that's true. Yes, yeah. so, like they didn't play her off. Which you know what? Fine, whatever. But yeah, then I heard her talk about the only profession that, uh, however it was, that cares about life or celebrates life. Like, woo. is it? <laughs> Thank you <laughs> yeah. for pointing that out. Yes. Yeah, artistry is the only profession. I didn't realize you could major in artistry at uh, at college. <laughs> didn't know that. Erica, what were your thoughts on the Oscars? So I may have won the awards season for FML, but I have no idea who should have won or lost any of these awards. So uh, my takeaways were, why did Jimmy Kimmel bring out a tour bus group? Why were there, why were the, why was candy falling from the sky? Why were cookies and donuts falling from the sky? And I was just, I loved, my, my entertainment for the whole night was Jimmy Kimmel mocking Matt Damon mm. endlessly. That was by far my my favorite part of 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 the whole the whole ceremony because I missed the ending and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you missed the best part. Yeah, the the, yep. the the tour bus thing was a little odd, but that seems like that's something straight out of his late night show. Of course, like a lot of those gimmicks, like felt like it was straight out of like the Jimmy Kimmel show. And, oh yeah, and I don't know. There's a, there's a reason is why I don't getting, watch late night TV shows, and that might be more, that might is be he getting reasons. like panned for this? Or I felt like it didn't go well, but I don't really have a good. But gauge what on what it. what host isn't isn't no no panned, exactly. So yeah, exactly. I, I I don't know. I I know there are some people that didn't like the way that he was um, supposedly mocking, uh, and now I can't. Now I'm not gonna be able to say his name. <laughs> Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali. Yes. Some people said he was mocking his name, and some other things, and that he was being insensitive, but he was being a comedian. I guess I don't I don't know. But yeah, I mean, pretty much every it, it's a it's a thankless job. So <laughs> yeah, did, that's true. He that's did one true. he did one thing right. He let uh, Justin Timberlake do the opening. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> my girlfriend said the exact same thing. <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for that awkward transition into my live loot crate ad read. I'm not even sure I said that correctly. On a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles, Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than twenty dollars a month. Whether you're shopping for the geek in your life, or if you are that geek, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming. Every month, there's a different theme and new exclusive items you can only get with Loot Crate. Treat yourself every month, or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or loved one. That roar in the distance is a call. Will you answer it? This month, we're going primal and unleashing the beast of some of pop culture's most ferocious franchises. This savagely sweet collection has items from Overwatch, Wolverine, Jurassic World, 
in Predator and includes, as always, our monthly tea and pin. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it, guys. It's over. Make sure to head to www.lootcrate.com FML and enter code FML to save 10% off any new subscription today. Round two will act as a lightning round of sorts, where our guests are supposed to deliver rapid-fire responses to my questions. Unfortunately, that rarely happens. But let's do it anyway. Question number one. Logan's Rotten Tomato score will finish over or under 94.5. Erico. I'm going to go with under. Uh, I'm in the 89 to 92% range. Hmm. Um, the highest X-Men movie Rotten Tomato score is Days of the Future Past at 91. A couple others are at 96. Deadpool was at 84. It's tough for any movie to stay over 95. I saw today that it dropped down to 95 and it's actually certified fresh now. But I think that's going to... I think that'll drop drop a few more points this weekend. No plex. Yeah, under. Uh, I see it's a 95 now, but surely a Jackman-hating contrarian or two, a la Dr. Perry Cox from Scrubs, will chime in and drop it below 94.5. Also, Aaron said so. <laughs> Liam. Uh, over. Unless, unless like, a massive influx of bad views comes in, I'm thinking it's going to stay pretty comfy in the 96-98 range. Sir Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman are supposedly retiring from the X-Men franchise. Do you think retirement will stick for either of them, or will this be more like a Brett Favre retirement filled with immense speculation and multiple comebacks? Erico. Uh, I think the Sir Patrick Stewart retirement sticks. He's 76. Uh, I hope to be long retired by that age. I, I don't blame him. But uh, Hugh Jackman, on the other hand, is only 48, so he's got another 20, 30 years of saying no to X-Men money. <laughs> I think I think we'll see him back at least once. Flex? Yeah, I think Stewart's done because he's pretty old. Uh, I do feel like Jackman will come back at some point because of the lure of that, that cash. Uh, I also think Brett Favre will once again come back <laughs> when the Browns realize that a 50-year interception machine is somehow still their best option. <laughs> Liam? Yeah, uh, Stuart, he's done. He's he's turning 77. Um, that's, it, you know, I, I love the man, but it, it's, it's let it, let him leave. Let him leave. Uh, but Hugh, Hugh Jackman, I don't know. He, he, he's, get, he's getting that money. He's getting that money offered to him. Is he really going to pass it up to be in the P.T. Barnum movie? Yes. Well, yes, because that's already been made, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think Patrick Stewart, like he deserves his retirement. He should he should go off in the sunset under his own terms. Uh, and as far as Hugh Jackman's concerned, you're telling me there's not going to be a Wolverine musical in the future. Jackman <laughs> will come back for that, guarantee it. That would be great. It will be. That one will be over uh, over ninety four and a half percent score. <laughs> over ninety four point five in Rotten Tomatoes. Over hundred yeah. million open in the weekend. <laughs> even on a two day weekend, if that's even possible, that thing would crack. <laughs> All right. More iconic role, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine or Sir Patrick Stewart as Captain Jean-Luc Picard? Plex, let's start with you because you have probably no idea who Jean-Luc Picard is. <laughs> yes, I do. I saw that one episode with Ashley Judd on it. Uh, at the risk of offending you, our Trekkie host, I'm going with Jackman. In the past decade or two, we've had two Superman, three Spider-Men, and about 50 Batman, but only one Wolverine. Liam? Oh, God, this question is legally defined as torture in at least 47 <laughs> countries. Um, I, I'm 
gonna have to go with Picard just from that one scene in First Contact where he starts where he smashes the ships. That that scene is like the best. <laughs> that was my favorite scene too. <laughs> <laughs> Erico. I have to say Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Uh, when you see Hugh Jackman and you see those Wolverine claws, you know who he is, you know what he is. That's uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. You see him in that uniform. It could be anybody in that uniform. It'll remind you of Star Trek. Ooh, blasphemy. <laughs> Guys, of those three questions, I was only scoring on one of them, and it was that last question. And Liam, of course, got the only point of the, the beginning of that round. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, a few multiple choice questions here these are some uh, oscar hangover questions i've got number one did the oscar producers rig that envelope snafu yes or no liam oh god i want to say no because i couldn't i can't believe anybody would be so mean to those nice old people but uh <laughs> probably yes <laughs> plex nah i'm not that cynical no erico i have to say no honest mistake <laughs> and a bad one at that yeah, very bad. So, who actually handed Warren Beatty the envelope backstage? Was it Guillermo? Was it a man with a briefcase? Was it Matt Damon with a briefcase? Or was it Ben Affleck with guest with a briefcase? Liam. Uh, Guillermo just loves screwing everything up. Um, so I'm going to go with him. <laughs> Plex. I'll go with the Ben Affleck one because I feel like I'm obligated. That you were. Erico. Matt Damon. He was upset for getting made fun of all night. Yeah, and he mis- he just disappeared after uh, he was, play- uh, <laughs> was played off while he was uh, presenting the award. So, uh, hmm. he, I, I don't know if he's more upset about that or uh, Jimmy made fun of his uh, great wall ponytail. <laughs> well, deservedly so. So, if Matt Damon did, in fact, sabotage the Oscars, does that enhance your view of him or does it diminish it? Erica, let's start with you. Enhance? How, how could it not? Plex. I just want to, like, quote Goodwill Hunting or something. I, I don't know how to do that. I was going to say, it's not your fault, Matt, but that doesn't really fit, so pass. Good effort put forth, sort of. Liam. Thanks. Being reminded of We Bought a Zoo kind of plunged my opinion of Matt Damon to <laughs> rock bottom, so any anything is an improvement from that. <laughs> Fair enough. Final question of round two. Is Matt Damon better off living alone on Mars where he can't hurt anyone or make another born movie? Plex. Uh, I don't know. I like Matt Damon, so no. Come back to Earth, Matt. Come bring him home. That's the one that the technique. That was it. Sure. There we go. Better, better effort. Liam. Uh, make another Bourne movie. Jason Bourne might not have been great, but The Martian was awful, and I hated it. <laughs> make another Bourne movie. They might not be great, but they're entertaining. That is the end of round two, which means one of you will be eliminated while the other two face off in the Paws and Sway Challenge. The winner of that will be awarded their very own soapbox from which to rant about whatever they like, as long as it is movie-related. So that means I've got to axe one of you guys. Uh, let's see. Moving on will be Noplex Zone, and it's Aeroco. Oh, no. The man with everything gets even more. <laughs> Let's do battle in the pause and sway challenge. This week's topic, in memoriam. We lost another talented actor this past weekend with the passing of Bill Paxton. 
It may surprise some of you to find out just how many great movies Bill has actually been cast in over the years, from Alien and Titanic to Weird Science and Frailty, which he also directed. So my question to you two, what was Paxton's greatest role? Who wants to start? I'll start. Go ahead. So this was a tough one for me. Apollo 13 is one of my favorite movies, but uh, if I'm talking about Bill Paxton's greatest role, it has to be Bill the Extreme Harding in the 1996 disaster film, Twister. (laughs) I may be a bit biased because I saw this at a young age, so I thought it was the most amazing movie ever made. Plus, I was and still am an extreme weather nerd. Uh, Bill and Dr. Joe, played by Helen Hunt, were uh, two of my heroes because they were able to release Dorothy, the the data-gathering instrument, into the tornado before their their antagonists, who were the uh, the smug, privately funded, the privately funded idea stealing, for back, lack of a better term, tools. <laughs> Bill was a a very dynamic character in that movie. He he tried to suppress that the extreme persona, uh, but in the end, he was not able to. He he dumped his um, born. They showed her as boring uh, fiance, and uh, he ended up getting back with uh, Doctor Joe, and they never ended up getting divorced. That was uh, quite the. Uh amicable split between bill paxton and his girlfriend at the end of the movie finally she was like yeah you're right she's better than me and then she like just go, <laughs> goes off to new, back to new york or wherever that's a well-written character without a doubt plex what about you all right well i grew up here in atlanta and though we didn't have cable growing up we did have tbs thanks to the generosity of one theodore turner uh, and TBS, as you probably know, showed the same movies over and over again. But some of those movies became very near and dear to my heart. Uh, and one of these was Weird Science, the age-old story of two nerdy teenage boys who create a real-life dream girl on their computer while listening to Oingo Boingo. Uh, Bill Paxton played the nemesis in this movie, Chet, the hilariously evil older brother who tortures and black- blackmails the nerds throughout the movie, only to, only to be turned into an actual talking turd by the end of the movie, even with Paxton's illustrious career in huge movies, it's this Hughes movie that I'll always associate him with. <laughs> Unfortunately, Erico, there is a correct answer, and it was Weird Science, because it was, it was uh, Chet. Actually, and I would have well, accepted well, Fred well, Hayes well, well. if you would have went with Apollo 13, oh, I would have accepted man. Fred Hayes, but yeah, no. I love Fred Hayes, but he was too boring in that movie. He, he yelled at Kevin Bacon at one point, that was his best line. <laughs> We were all Fred Hayes at that moment when he had Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all wanted to do that. So that means that no Plex Zone, uh, you were the first person to be eliminated on the very first Pause and Play podcast. So now a little yeah. now a little bit of redemption for you. You have you have now won. Hopefully the fix wasn't in on this one. I, I don't know. I just read what was on the card, so <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to do the like bait and switch where you <laughs> moon, you uh, moonlight me here, but there will be be, be no moonlighting it. on this. So, uh, you, you get your own soapbox now. You got anything prepared? Okay. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna touch on my, my buddy Uzma Kappa again. He, he was my college roommate, and in college, the housing department made everyone who was rooming together fill out a roommate contract, and, uh, you know, to, like, delineate whose stuff is whose, you know, what happens if so-and-so does whatever, leave whatever on the door, don't lock people out, that kind of thing, uh, in the people in our hall, all of their contracts were very long and, you know, detailed, and ours had one movie quote on it. That was our entire contract, and it was from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and the quote was, be excellent to one another. <laughs> and that was it, and it worked out great, <laughs> even though I'm not the godfather of his child. <laughs> so it hasn't been most excellent, 
It's just been excellent. <laughs> Not most excellent. I do think that was bogus, but everything else has been pretty good. Well played, sir. Well, gentlemen, I think uh, that's going to wrap up this uh, episode number six of the Pause and Play. I'm going to go ahead and roll the uh, the end credits here. I do want to uh, push, again, we mentioned at the top of the, the podcast, uh, No Plex Zone hosted the FML Awards. You can check out that FML Awards slideshow on the FML Chatter. Uh, they put a lot of time and effort into that. So it was uh, very entertaining. They did a an excellent recap of 2016, I thought. so. Most excellent. Most excellent. I was going to announce the uh, winners of the, the Fantasy Awards League, the Oscars game that uh, FML created, but they shut down the website, and I <laughs> didn't get on there soon enough to write down the, the winners, which they probably have to vet first anyway to make sure that they're actually eligible. So <laughs> I probably wouldn't have been actually allowed to... <laughs> officially name them anyway that's all i got uh do you gentlemen have anything you would like to uh plug what about you erico uh if anybody has any movie questions they can follow me on twitter at at aaron a rose just throwing that out there and any specific movie <laughs> questions or just anything movie uh anything i mean i'm not gonna f- i'm not gonna tell people lineups to play but if they are wondering if uh say this week if uh what are the bottom few movies if Moonlight is going to be better than A Dog's Purpose. Sure. Throw it out there. <laughs> Liam, what about you? Uh, I'm going to start a new podcast soon. You know, soon in air quotes and also video game time, which means sometime within the next year. Um, <laughs> I've, I've already set up a league for it, and I mentioned during the first question, I, I made like a custom rules version of FML. Mm-hmm. And I'm opening that up to the general public in that league, which and the league is called Amanda Cast, and there's a hyphen between Amanda and Cast, and the password is FCPL in all caps. So do that, join that. That'll be cool. Cool. All right, everyone, check out that league. Plex, what about you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at David underscore Hammock. Uh, and then you could listen to Alec and I on the Unwritten Fools podcast each week. Uh, we have a league on FML. It's Unwritten Fools, Password Fools, correct, I think? Sure. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, so join that, and uh, yeah, check out the FML Awards. Uh, me and a couple other guys spent a lot of time on that, and I think it turned out pretty well. So that's it. Cool. Awesome. Oh, and go Jackets. <laughs> and go Jackets. Plex, good job today. Uh, you you've, you've done pretty well for yourself over your life, even though you were you were never made a godfather. So, I'm I'm, I'm proud of you. Actually, I do have a godchild. It just wasn't. It's from a different a brother. I, I don't know. How you to, you get around. I man. was gonna say brother from a you different. Way. I've around. been around. Yeah. <laughs> Let's close this thing down. Uh, I want to thank all three of you for uh, for being on, taking uh, time out of your your busy evening schedule to be on this uh, the pause and play. So I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. No problem. Uh, Erico, congratulations on the on the win again. Thank you, thank you. And good luck next season. I did win the Unwritten Fools League, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you had a, and, side, side note. And the Survivor League. And the Survivor League. Anything else? Not, not pause and play, though. I, I forgot to join the second half league, so I didn't win that. I would have tied I, uh, I think dollars. almost everyone forgot to join the second half there, league. Yeah, I, I, I never even back. heard about it. <laughs> Less than 100 people joined. Uh Dang it, those are my kind of odds. Yeah. <laughs> $250 on the line and nobody joined. Oh, well. Hopefully this next uh, second half season we'll uh, have a little more notice and maybe we'll all uh, remember to join. So. 
All right. Well, thanks again. Uh, thank you, FML, for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Good luck. The new spring season.